And it is Jesus that makes today truly glorious. Welcome to the Echoes of Calvary, a radio ministry of Calvary Bible Church. We are so glad to have you with us this morning. Romans chapter 7, verses 7 to 14 give us a un-do-it-yourself sanctification kit. Let's look at that kit today. Let's also begin to look at the character qualities of God's Old Testament law. And now, with his message for today, is our pastor, Robert Elliott. There was another fellow, still with the chainsaw. He bought this chainsaw at Home Depot, and he was gone about two days. He came back to the customer service desk at the store, and this thing doesn't cut wood for beans. I worked at it two Saturdays now, and I barely cut anything. It doesn't work. I like my money back. The clerk said, well, that seems odd. Let's put it on the floor over here. Primed it. (laughs) Customer said, what's that noise? (laughs) We've been given a working chainsaw in this metaphor, and some of us are trying to cut wood without even running the engine. It's tiring. It's really tiring. And so... The Lord graciously has provided the believer with the undo-it-yourself sanctification kit. The undo-it-yourself sanctification kit. Here's what's in the kit. Christ's total fulfillment of the Old Testament law. The Holy Spirit permanently living inside you as a believer. Prayer access to God's throne of grace, to God's heart, and to God's mind, and to God's power, 24-7, 365. Why? This kit for undo-it-yourself sanctification includes God's amazing grace. The grace for justification, the grace for sanctification, the grace for glorification, but there's more. This undo-it-yourself sanctification kit provided you by God gives you a brand new identity. A brand new identity. If any man is in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things passed away. Behold, new things have come. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. And so this, my friends, is a wonderful, magnificent, more than adequate, undo-it-yourself kit for Christian living. Christ's fulfillment of the law. Holy Spirit indwelling you. Prayer access to God. Grace of God. And a brand new identity. It's a beautiful, perfect, self-contained, undo-it-yourself sanctification kit for you if you're saved. And so what a terrible shame it is if a believer turns away from that kit to re-engage with the law. It's like putting the chainsaw down, saying the blessed thing doesn't work, and you've never pulled the start cord of the Holy Spirit. Now, does this mean, what I'm saying about the Old Testament law, does this mean that God's Old Testament law is somehow flawed or bad? Not at all. Let me show you why. Let's look at the character of God's Old Testament law. That's the rest of this sermon. Let's look at the character of God's Old Testament law. There are five things about it in this text. First, the law of God is useful. 
verse 7, Romans 7. What shall we say then? Is the law sin? And now the strongest negative in Greek. May it never be. God forbid. No way. What shall we say then? Is the law sin that may it never be? On the contrary, I would not have come to know sin except through the law, for I would not have known about coveting if the law had not said, you shall not covet. So in the first place in your outlines, the law is useful. And the law is useful because it reveals our sin. Or put another way, the law is useful because it sets the proper standard. There was a little boy who was home with his mommy while his older siblings were off to school. And she was getting the lunch ready. And the little guy comes wandering from a back bedroom and says, Mommy, I am seven feet tall. You're seven feet tall. How'd you get that? He pulls out a six-inch ruler and he shows, he measures himself with a six-inch ruler. That's what we want to do. When we don't let the law of God do its job, the useful job of pointing out the standard high enough of God's holiness, then we pick a six-inch ruler and we say, well, I'm better than her. Six inches. I'm certainly better than him. Six-inch ruler. The law is useful because the law reveals our sin, and the law is useful because it sets the proper standard. The law is like an MRI machine. If you have something going on in your side of you and they order an MRI, that magnetic resonant imaging tool will show the doctor in cross-sections what's going on inside of you. And the law of God is like that. It's useful. It tells you what's going on inside of you that other people may or may not see, but it doesn't, the law doesn't operate on that problem. Grace operates on that problem. The cross operates on that problem. Jesus operates on that problem. The Holy Spirit operates on that problem. But don't miss it. The law is useful because it reveals our sin and sets the standard high enough. The Old Testament law of God teaches Sinners, like all of us, God's standards. And the Old Testament law of God reveals that none of us can measure up to that standard because all we have are six-inch rulers when we measure ourselves. Thus, the law of God is useful. But secondly, the law of God is active. It's not dormant. It's not benign. It's not lifeless. It's active. The law of God is active. Verse 8. But sin, taking opportunity through the commandment, produced in me coveting of every kind. For apart from the law... Sin is dead. If you don't aren't mindful of the Mosaic Law, the Ten Commandments, then you think you're all right. <laughs> but when you come to grips with the Ten Commandments given to Israel and by extension carried forward into the New Testament, when you come to grips with the Law of God, you find that law is active in your mind and conscience. And because we have a flesh and a sin nature still, the law is active in us in the sense that the law provokes us. It provokes us because of our problem to sinning. Verse 8, but sin taking opportunity through the commandment, that's the law, produced in me coveting of every kind, for apart from the law, sin is dead. Now watch, listen carefully. This little phrase here in verse 8, taking opportunity, see it? Taking opportunity. It comes from a Greek verb, which means to set up military operations. To set up a military base of operations. And sin, the law of sin and death, takes up military command post in you and me. And sin, again singular, that is the law of sin and death, takes the opportunity, sets up a military base of operations within you by way of the commandment, the law. 
And yes, the law is active. It provokes sinning. Wait, wait on it. It provokes sinning because we are sinners. Nothing wrong with the law. It's all on us. The law is active because we have a sin nature. Grant Howard said, when you go on a stringent diet, the knowledge of what you can eat awakens an insatiable desire to have all the things you can't, right? When we go on diets to lose weight, it only makes us more hungry for things we're not supposed to have. Our sin nature, when coupled with the good, useful, and active law of God, it, it promotes in our flesh sinning. Thanks, Pastor Rob, for your message today. And now it's time for Youth Talk with Pastor Nicholas Rogers. Good morning, this is Pastor Nicholas, and we have been talking about Jesus and relationships and how there is no room for anger or hostility in a Christ-centered relationship. We've talked about how we have anger in our hearts. We have already committed murder in our hearts against people. And today we want to talk about how do we mend these relationships? What do we do? Well, the Bible is clear to tell us exactly what we are to do. And in Matthew 18, verse 15, it says this. If your brother sins against you, go rebuke him in private. If he listens to you, you have won your brother. You see, we need to make sure that as we consider relationships and we consider someone has something against us, and I know this is talking to us as believers, but I think that if we apply this in a lot of different relationships, we will see a difference in what around us. And it says that if you know someone has done something to offend you, you need to go to that person privately. And you know what happens a lot of times? This is not what happens. In our society, if I know that, use a person named Bob, if Bob has something against me or done something to hurt me, a lot of times I don't just go to Bob and let's get this right, Bob. In today's world, we have this social media and WhatsApp that we just send things out and people already know that this is a problem. And so it becomes very hard to man this whole situation because we already told the whole world about it. But this, this scripture is very clear. It tells us if your brother sins against you, go rebuke him, go talk to him in private. Don't broadcast it, but go to him in private and make things right. You see, I think that this is a problem that we have in society today that we don't talk to the person that we have a problem with. We talk to everyone else except that person. And sometimes that person doesn't even know that you're offended. That, that person doesn't know that you have a problem with them. But this passage makes it very clear. Now, am I telling you that if you go to an individual and you go in private, that everything is going to be all right? No. But we would hope that. And that's why Jesus understands that, and he understood that that might not be fixed and at one time. So he continues on in verse 16. But if he won't listen, take one or two others with you. So that by the testimony of two or three witnesses, every fact may be established. You see, this, this passage of Scripture is making it very clear that as we consider rest restoring in church, we need to make sure that we understand that it says if you can't get that worked out one-on-one, -on -one, take one or two other people with you. Try to mend that relationship because that's what Jesus wants. Jesus doesn't want us to don't have relationship with people. He wants us to manage relationships so that we can get back into, we can reconcile, and we can be back into serving God the best that we can. And also, we know that where there are witnesses, 
there are people there who see exactly what went on. Let's be honest. We've all heard it said. There are two sides of a story, or three sides. It's the person, one person's story, side of the story, the next person's side of the story, and the real story. Nobody knows, and that's why we need these different individuals. We need these people who are witnesses because they can tell exactly what happened. You know, you, you've all seen it, you all heard it, where people have, you talk to people and you say, well, what's your side of the story? And they tell you something completely different than the next side of the story. But who's telling the truth? We don't know. But God does. And we need to rely on, on him as, as we consider, you know, how do we reconcile? And as, as he's talking here, as Jesus, Jesus talking here to a church, he makes it very clear that as we consider this, he says in verse 70, if he doesn't pay attention to them, tell the church. If he doesn't pay attention even to the church, let him be like a Gentile and tax collector to you. You see, we live in society, and, and I know that in our Bahamian society, we a lot, a lot of people go to church. And, you know, there are people who will say different things about this person locked out of church or, you know, you know the church door should always be open. But the reality is, is this. It's that if a person doesn't want to be reconciled to other relationships and, and people don't want to get things right, what are we supposed to do? Are we supposed to just allow this person to continue and doing what they want and tear down this individual? No. But we are to try our best to make sure that they reconcile. And if this person doesn't want to listen, then we need to just let them, let them be what they want to be. I think that's very hard for some of us to understand and to listen to. Because in our culture, and as we think about that, we will say the church is supposed to do everything they can. And yes, the church is supposed to do everything they can to reconcile that relationship. But the reality is that we as individuals cannot change that person's heart. Only one person can change that heart, and that's God himself. And I think that as we consider that, we need to make sure that we do our best to reconcile relationships. Because that's what Jesus wants. Jesus doesn't want us to have anger. Jesus doesn't want us to have hostility. But Jesus wants us to have Christ-centered relationships that bring honor and glory to him. And I would challenge you this morning as you, as you consider this and that you are listening, again, to think of someone that you may have something against. And the question I would ask you is, have you done all that you can to reconcile that relationship? Have you asked their forgiveness? Have you told them that you're sorry for whatever you may have done or it may be the other way around where you feel that that person did something to you. Go and make things right privately. And if you've already messed this up and you, you may be listening and saying, well, you know what? Everyone already knows on social media. Everyone already knows at school that we have a problem. Well, you know what? If people saw that you guys were talking and people saw that you were trying to get things right, they would probably respect that and say, you know what? This is what it's supposed to be like to forgive someone. You see, you may be listening this morning and says, Pastor Nick, you don't understand what that person did to me. They hurt me so bad. They did this to me. But the reality is, is that let's consider our own lives. What have we done to God? We rejected him so many times. We've done so many things to bring down his name as a believer. But what did he do? He sent his son to die for us, to reconcile us, and to he wanted a relationship with us. And he did not tell you, well, you must do A, B, and C before I come and do this. No, he came 
to die for us when we wanted nothing to do with him and forgave us of our sins, past, present, and future. What a God we serve. What a God that would want that want anything to do with us. And I would challenge you again, please. Jesus does not want these relationships to remain the way that they are. Broken. But he wants us to reconcile so that we can be the best that we can for him and be the best light that shines bright for him in all that we do. It's time now for today's personal God story. Well, good morning. I have the Simonettes with me in the studio. Good morning, DeWitt and Sally. Good morning. Good. It's good to continue your story uh, that we've been uh, broadcasting for the last two Sundays. And a quick recap is you you married, uh, you had troubles in your marriage, uh, you went to a court, and the court granted you something other than a divorce, but nonetheless uh, legal freedom to remarry if you so wished. Uh, we just were getting the part of your story that that God had brought other people into your life after the court issued that permission. And uh, Sally, you were saying that when you married, you had hoped it would be better, but it wasn't. Yes. Uh, what was what was it like for you in your marriage? When I, when I got married, yes. like I said, I thought it was going to be better, but it was worse. Um, but he was from Abaco. Mm-hmm. And I, I used to go out there, travel sometimes, mm-hmm. traveling up and down from, and then um, he, he decided he wanted to get married to me, and I just, I said, no, I don't think I want to, you know, because I was going to be married. Mm-hmm. But he said, well, you're not together with him, so you could probably try it. So he went to the States a little, and I stayed in, in Nassau, and then he came over once from the States and he decided that we would get married. We did get married. And, um, but you know, the wife is the last to know what's going on with the husband. Mm-hmm. So then I found out he had another woman with three children. Oh boy. And I, and I only had the one for him. So that made my life miserable. Mm. But we still, I still said together and I was talking to the pastors here before, before you and I said, well, you're the Christians and you married a non-Christian, which you shouldn't have done. Yes. So you 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 have to have to um, be the head one in the house to pray and ask the Lord to work it out. Well, I did. I I, I stood it all through until I can't remember many years, but um, my my last time I think was about twenty some years or something like that. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, he got sick, and I took care of him. Yes. I took care of him to my best ability, although I was mad. I been, when I say mad, I was very hurt, but I was still taking care of him. And um, so then I said to him, I said, uh, you know, it's not going to work because you have another woman with three children and I only have one for you. I said, I'm unhappy. Yes. I'm very unhappy. So I said, but I would like for you to leave. And I put his clothes out twice, but he just wouldn't go. So... I, he decided to stay, but the Lord, I prayed to the Lord and asked the Lord to work it out for me. Yes. Because I was trying to work it on my own, and I couldn't, and it won't work. So God worked it out, and he took sick. And I can't remember how long he was sick, but only about, it might have been about six months, mm-hmm. or to, to a year, he took sick, and I took care of him. And uh, before he died, 
the week before he died, I led him to Christ. Praise the Lord. And I, that was my happiest days of my life. Oh, yes. And um, like I'm standing, sitting before you, I said, he said to me, he said, thank you for taking care of me. I said, it's not me, it's only God that's helping me to do it. Mm -hmm. So we said, thank you. And he said, forgive me for all the wrong that I've done to you. Mm. So I said, yes, I forgive you. If I didn't forgive you, I wouldn't be taking care of you. <laughs> right. I said, because it's only God that can help, you know. So he asked forgiveness. And um, the, week, the week after that, he died. Wow, that's he, something. The week after that, he died. So he had been... Uh, unfaithful for unfaithful all those years. Unfaithful to you. For all those years, he, he had been unfaithful. He kept a big secret from yes. you. All those years. And it hurt you very much. Very, very badly. Yes. And I, I mean, I, you know, I could put up with someone and probably drinking and smoking, but when it comes to that, I'm, I, was too, I was too devastated. Oh, so. that is devastating. Yes, yes. And the sad thing is so many married women uh, in our country... Uh, uh, deal with that wound. Uh, suffering every day. Suffering every day because of unfaithful unfaithfulness. 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 Uh, yes. And if you don't know the Lord, I tell you, you really can't make it. You know, no. It's only the Lord. And I talked to Pastor Lee and I said to, uh, <clears throat> to Pastor Lee and he, Pastor Lee consulted me. He said, um, you hang in this, Sister Sally, I know you're going to do it. You're going to do it. You hang right in there. And with yep. the Lord's help, you did. And I did. And with the Lord's help, you forgave. I forgave him. the man, yes. uh, even though he didn't ask you for it at first. And because you forgave. had forgiven him with yes. with God's love, yes, you cared for him when he was dying. Yes, and that what a beautiful ending that yes. before he went, yes. you led him to saving faith in Christ. Yes. And any listeners that are out there struggling with forgiveness of others, remember, you need to know you're forgiven by God first. Yes before you have any hope of forgiving anybody else, yes. to know Jesus Christ personally as your Savior yeah. by faith in Him alone. Yeah. And uh, thank you for saying that, Sally, and telling yeah. us. And so he, he went to be with the Lord. Yes. He was a new Christian, but yeah, he went to Christian, be with yeah. the Lord. Yeah. Isn't that something? Yeah. Uh, Duet, yes. tell me, um, God uh, allowed another person to come into your life after that court order, and uh, tell us what happened there. You eventually got married. Yes. Oh, so, you know, um, I'm going to say this. Um, regardless to how many times a person can be married or married, there's one person in the heart of that person, which is mine, or her mind is always on. Mm. But what I've learned is, which, which that person was always her. Isn't that something? But what I've learned is that uh, love is something can grow. Mm. If someone, you meet someone, if they treat you kind and nice to you, you know, eventually you will uh, uh, you feel some love for them too. Uh -huh. But it's not like the original one, which, uh, which, was, which, which was there, you know, so... Um, I was glad that uh, when I knew that I didn't have to run anymore. Uh -huh. I mean, I, I'm a good runner, Pastor. <laughs> because, uh, you, know, I, you know, like I said some time ago, when I've asked and I beg so many times, you turn me down. <laughs> I said, well, no, 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 no. I'm not going to, yeah, no, no, no. If anything, it's going to be a lot of it right about it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, no, we can sit down, we can talk. It, it, it's uh, it's an experience. It's uh, um, you know we were both young, and um, if I had if I had the 
if I had 9% of the knowledge which I have now, um, she wouldn't have gotten away. Right. You but, would have run toward her instead of away. Well, no, what I'm saying is, I wouldn't mind her talking. In spite of she has, she's three years older than me, and, and maybe that too uh, uh, was, was difficult for her to... Why she being other than me, probably that was difficult for difficulty for her to be able to listen to me, you know, because it's like David and Goliath now. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what? We're going to put a semicolon here <laughs> as well because uh, we want to continue this great story of forgiveness, grace, and mercy uh, next broadcast. But let's have a quick word of prayer. Mm-hmm. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your uh, mercy expressed in so many ways. We pray that we would um, receive that with gratitude and then dispense mercy to others for the honor and glory of your name, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You have been listening to The Echoes of Calvary, a radio ministry of Calvary Bible Church, Nassau, Bahamas. Our morning worship service begins this morning at 10.30 a.m. in the sanctuary located on Collins Avenue. The protocols for this gathering are available on our website at calvarybible.org.bs. You can also receive these protocols by phone Tuesday or Wednesday, 9 a.m. to noon, by calling 326-0800. You may also access the live stream of this morning service today at calvarybible.org.bs or on Facebook at CBC Body. This service will be aired at 10.30 a.m. and replayed at 6 p.m. for your convenience. Feel free to write us at eocradio at gmail.com. That's eocradio at gmail.com. Or write us at P.O. Box N1684, Nassau, Bahamas. And remember... Everyone needs the Savior.